The Craig Fawley Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Lynette's Shrimp House, located in Highland Park. It's Metro Detroit's premier destination, serving juicy fried shrimp, fish, and wings, alongside soul food sides and new additions to the menu, like turkey tacos and desserts. Located at 13548 Woodward in Highland Park, just north of the Davidson, Lynette's is open for takeaway, noon to 8, Tuesday and Thursday, noon to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Call now, get some Lynette's. Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. And uh, we've got an interesting subject to talk about today. We're going to be talking about the American Rescue Plan. Now, what most people are paying attention to with this, of course, recently passed legislation in Washington is the $1,400 stimulus check, which likely will be ending up in your bank account sometime over the next few days. That's where most people's knowledge of this sort of ends. But there are a whole bunch of provisions in here that fundamentally change the way we look at things like child care, health care, moving us away from this uh, sort of notion of smaller government back towards larger government. And in many cases, people are saying this is about 50 years uh, too late, an experiment uh, that we tried starting with the Reagan era uh, that now is sort of come full circle. And joining me to talk about it today uh, is an old friend of mine, actually, John Harrington. He's an attorney. He has his own firm, does a lot of tax work. But he sent me a message the other day saying, hey, look, this is a huge, huge change that we're talking about here. And my clients uh, are learning a lot uh, as I go through their returns and everything else. John Harrington, welcome to the Craig Folly Show. It is a pleasure to talk to you once again. It's only been about 30 years or so. Yeah, just about 30 years. And I'm excited <laughs> to be here today. And it's uh, really great talking to you. Well, you know, this is something that I've been wanting to get into because, you know, I, I've been a, a critic of, of trickle-down economics for a long time uh, because often those benefits do not trickle down to anybody that uh, that really, really needs them. This bill, despite the $1,400 that most people are talking about, does alter some things fundamentally. And let's start with the tax portion of this. Well, actually, before, before we get into the taxes and everything, I kind of wanted to just give everyone an idea of how much money is involved in this and basically what $1.9 trillion is buying us. So just to kind of go through some things, for small businesses, there's a $28.6 billion grant for restaurants and bars. There's a $15 billion emergency injury disaster loan for small businesses with fewer than 10 workers. Uh, there's an additional $7 billion for the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP. Another $3 billion for payroll support for the aviation uh, industry. Uh, a $1.25 billion fund for music halls and concert venues, um, $350 billion for state and local and tribal governments, uh, $130 billion for K-12 schools, another $40 billion for colleges and universities, uh, funding for housing, $21.6 billion for rental assistance, $10 billion for a homeowner's assistance fund, $5 billion for housing choice voucher programs, $4.5 billion for low-income home energy assistance programs. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it, it, just amazing what 
just about every aspect of life is touched by this bill. Well, and touched with cash. I mean, that's with that's cash. the difference. I mean, and, and I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> this, when you go back to the old SNL bailout and the TARP bailouts, you know, those were all premised on we're going to throw money at the top and it's going to trickle its way down, just like you'll trickle down. Sure. These are too big to fail and we're just going to throw money at them and eventually it'll make its way down. This bill is actually the, a bill where it starts at the low is and trickles up. Well, and, and it's going to trickle up. I mean, oh, if yeah. you think about this, this money is not going to go into savings accounts for the most part. I mean, some people will be in a position where they can save their $1,400 maybe. Um, but but frankly, this money is going to get put right back into the economy. Uh, exactly. These small businesses. I mean, less than 10 employees. You mentioned that at the beginning. This is huge. These are the yeah. businesses that typically were shut out of the first pay, uh, payroll protection uh, bill that passed. The first stimulus package didn't necessarily find its way to those businesses. This time it's going to. Um, and these and are people fact, who are going to keep their employees uh, on the payroll, which is a huge deal. And in fact, I mean, it had just ended um, on the 9th, but the PPP was solely open for like the first two weeks of this month to yeah. small businesses only. They took priority. So if you got your application in and you were a small business, they pushed it through. Well, I, you know, but I like the fact that they redefined small business in this version of this because, yeah. you know, before it was oh, well, less than 50 employees, but you know, right. that's, that's not necessarily a small business in every instance. Um, you know, no, you're talking not. less than 10 employees that seems to be getting to the mom and pop stores out there and, and really is, is going to make a, a big difference for them. And, and again, this infusion of cash is going to be extreme. This is coming oh, no. soon. And, and it, we, I don't think we've ever seen uh, a stimulus quite like this in our history. No, I, I, I agree. This you, you got to go back to the new deal to find something like this. And, and this so, is more extensive than the new deal. I mean, this is oh, not just, you know, throwing, throwing work at people. This is, you know, Hey, look, we're just going to give you some cash. Let's see if this works this time, instead of making you jump through a bunch of hoops um, and maybe, you know, waiting to file your taxes and maybe you get some of that money back. This is no, take the cash, spend it. Well, exactly. And the, 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 the grants that are available for low income people, I mean, there's a 500 million in grants for water service assistance for low income. There's 139 million for rural housing assistance and another 120 million just for housing counseling services. It, 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 it's extensive and it's everywhere. So why don't we uh, get in then to kind of more of the specifics? Oh, well, yeah. What kind of people are interested in? Well, you know, a lot of people found themselves, uh, you know, uh, qualifying for unemployment, obviously, over the yep. last uh, year. And uh, there's been a pretty big change in the way that that's taxed. And normally, you know, this counts as income. If you get unemployment, yep. they, they take taxes out of it. Uh, but now, apparently, and a lot of people are going to have to redo their taxes, apparently, you can claim a lot of that, there's a bunch of that that is not going to be taxed, correct? Correct. Uh, you get to, and this is for income, AGI, under 150000 and you can exempt $10,200 per person 
from unemployment. So if you have a husband and wife and they each got 10,000 in unemployment and their AGI is under 150,000, they get exempt all of that from income. Because uh, you know, a lot of people when they start getting unemployment, while you can, you know, choose to to do some withholdings, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And they're always surprised when they have a tax bill at the end. Yeah. So in going through some of the returns that I had already done, you know, a lot of my clients had uh, unemployment. And so going through those returns, you know, they were changing the returns from owing $200 to getting a $400 refund or not qualifying for the $1,400 stimulus to now qualifying for it because I got to take it out of the adjusted gross income. It it affects child tax credit, uh, earned income credits. I mean, just right across the board, it was uh, pretty interesting. Well, and anybody who filed their taxes before this bill was signed into law likely needs to go back and revisit, correct? They do. So just to tell you where they are with the IRS, yesterday, the IRS just released the worksheet to be able to take the uh, unemployment exempted from income. And I went on my uh, program today and and it's working. So everyone who's going to file from here forward, it's an easy, you know, whatever program is going to take care of that. Uh, But the IRS is just asking for people who need to amend the return to wait until they give you further instruction because they just, they're already overwhelmed. Sure. They just don't want to make it even worse. So if you got to refile, if you got to file the amended, just kind of wait. Well, it is, would it still be due though by April 15th? No, not a, the, the return will be due by April 15th, but you've already filed your return. Okay. So, so you an know, amended return, can, you, you can do it over the summer and just, return. if if you can wait, I mean, some people might want to do this, uh, you know, more quickly, obviously, if Correct. there's as much at stake as you're suggesting some of your clients have. It, exactly. But the thing is, again, you just got to wait till the IRS gives everyone the okay to start doing it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And like well, you said, can, I filed you mine like a week ago. So, re- If you haven't filed your return already, then yeah, you're free to file it with the income exempt. That's no uh, problem. Well, that's a big deal though. I, and I, I mean, again, that's one of those little subtle changes uh, that as yeah. you suggest could make a huge difference for some people. It is. And, and speaking about subtle changes, I noticed one little thing and I got to pull it up just because I found it interesting. And I think it kind of, uh, Oh, where did I put it at? It, it it's foretelling what's to come. Sure. So within these provisions, um, from now until 2026, they made it. There's a provision that states that any um, student loans that are forgiven will be tax, tax exempt. exempt. So, okay, so they put it in there, but it doesn't apply to anything right now. So that tells me that there's something coming yeah. down the pike that that's going to have to apply to. Student and my- loan forgiveness is is a it's a hot button issue. Um, and but it sounds to me like this might be one that they sort of force through. 
they're going well why 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 would they put the provision in if they weren't going to at least try it later on yeah because typically uh you know if you got student loan forgiven and the only way you really got it forgiven was if you were permanently disabled well then you know you get fifty thousand dollars forgiven but then you get a forgiveness debt of fifty thousand dollars and you're taxed on it so obviously there's something to come my guess is is that it's the ten thousand dollars that uh president biden wants to give forgiven sure and and uh, you know that's something that has been discussed it's it's not found its way into the legislation just not yet. yet uh you know that's along with the minimum wage increase i think is one of those things that uh, we may be revisiting uh you know there was also something that i think is a big deal in this um it, and that's the child tax credit uh, this is going to end up potentially, and we don't know exactly how it's going to work yet, but there could be direct cash payments uh, to low-income parents to help them take care of their kids. They're talking about a potential 50% reduction in child poverty as a result of this approach compared to the way that they used to do it through the forms of tax credits and things like that. You have a lot of people that were missing out on these because they don't file taxes to begin with. Correct. You know, And that's been a problem, I think, for a long time. This is a different approach. What do people need to know about that child tax credit? Okay, so... Interesting. So the t- child tax credit for 2021 was expanded from 2000 per child under the age of 17 to a fully refundable $3,000 per child over the age of six uh, through the age of 17. Under the age of six, um, it's $3,600 in child tax credit. So the thresholds we're talking about are married couples eligible with income under 150 and single under 112. So those levels of all income levels of all raised. So what's interesting about this child tax credit is, is that it can get paid out monthly to the taxpayer. So it's kind of like um, how the Affordable Care Act's tax premiums work. You estimate what your income is, And based on that, you get subsidies that are given to you every month as you pay your your, health care premiums. Well, this is going to be the same thing. You're going to estimate what your income is. You're going to put your children down. And based on that, you're going to get a monthly payment from the Department of Treasury for your child tax credit instead of taking it all at the end of the year. Now... President Biden wants this to start in July. I think everyone's got to remember that the Affordable Care Act premium credit, that took two years to get going. So if they get it going by July, it'll be pretty impressive. Yeah, but it, like I said, but it's ambitious and it's a fundamental shift in the way that we approach these things. I, I think they realize that people... Yeah, tax credits are great, and and uh, but getting it in a lump sum as opposed to a monthly payment is, you know, it, it's consistency. It's it's knowing what's going to be well, there for you every month, and, and allowing people to to budget and and things like that that they weren't able to do before. Well, and uh, it, 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 to me, it, you know, it's kind of like uh, Andrew Yang makes his way into policy. It's it, it's universal it's basic income. Yeah, basic in, uh, basic monthly income for for a lot of poor people. I, it, it again, one of the th- like we talked about, the bill starts at the bottom instead of the top. 
Yeah, and that's like I said, a big change. You mentioned the ACA, and I, I think this is big too. Oh yeah, um, and this is pretty significant because you know uh, raising uh, the income threshold for qualifying for subsidies uh, for your health insurance on the exchange is a big deal. As somebody who's had to buy his own insurance for the last few years, um, you know there were a lot of choices, but it's still not cheap. And and you know, right. and yeah, I make some money, but not a ton. Uh, but Raising that threshold, I think, would get more people to actually buy into the system and, and might make it, you know, a much more competitive atmosphere as well. Well, and and again, so, you know, one of the things people should know about the ACA is when 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 Biden took, came in, they did extend the deadline uh, to enroll in these ACH until May. Sure. It, the enrollment had already ended. So one of the, before this act pass he did do that so if you do need health insurance you can still enroll in 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 uh in the aca okay so like you said the uh aca subsidizes higher income people who didn't qualify uh previously it increases the subsidies for lower income people too so they're paying less um and and, i mean that amounts to more money in your pocket every month correct i mean that's that's a big deal so, and, and, and like I said, in, getting more people in the system too uh, to enroll because there are a lot of people that will go in there and they say, look, I just can't afford this. I, I you know, I don't have 500 bucks a month to pay for health insurance or more in some cases. Right. Um, and so well, they go without, they'd rather pay the penalty than, than dish that out every month. Sure. Well, here's what's really interesting about it. As you know, you know, under the, the ACA, you know, at the beginning of the year, you estimate your income based on that estimate you know, you get tax subsidies to help you pay for your monthly insurance. And if you misestimate or make more money than than uh, you thought you were going to make, well, there's a premium. Uh, you have to repay those tax sure. credits, at, you know, on your tax return. Well, under the, the new act here, um, taxpayers who misestimate their 2020 income do not have to repay the excess premium tax in for 2020. Wow. Uh, now, on the other side, though, I have a feeling last year, one of the problems was a lot of people expected to make a certain amount of money. The economy goes in the, in, in the tank because of COVID. Uh, they were paying more, perhaps, than they should have. Uh, they probably would have qualified for, for more of a subsidy uh, had they, you know, had their income reflected what they actually made as opposed to what they estimated at the beginning of, you know, because you, you do this back in the fall, right? You know, you enroll yeah, you, the year before. You enroll so. in, in November and you're trying to figure out what your upcoming year's income is going to be. And it's it's tough for uh, people who are self-employed because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen during the year. Uh, very true. Uh, I, I'm one of those people. Um, and so, you know, you hope, you know, you hope you're going to make a bunch of money, but, uh, you know, you, you're never sure. And of course, COVID threw a monkey wrench into a whole lot of people's plans. Uh, what is there some going to be some sort of relief for them if indeed they overestimated their income? For now, what was that? I said, is there going to be any relief for people that maybe overestimated their income uh, when it comes to health care exchange? Oh, it's already in place. If you overestimate your income. Uh, you get it back uh, as a as a credit on the next year's tax return. So if you overpaid by two three thousand dollars, then it comes back to you as a credit on the next year. 
Okay. Okay. So that's not too bad. No. Um, and, and a lot of people don't realize that necessarily, but um, this is why we're talking to uh, an attorney who specializes in, in tax stuff. Um, tax stuff. Yes. <laughs> that's what we call it. Us, us non-money people, uh, tax stuff. Um, you know, but, but let's just get back to the fundamental part of this thing here. This does represent a massive change in the way that we approach these things. Uh, and I don't want to suggest it's the end of, of, of uh, sort of the Reagan era, but, and, and, you know, some people will argue that this is creeping socialism and that we're going to hell and, and all that sort right, of stuff, right. you know, from your perspective, what things are you going to be looking at to determine whether or not this approach is more or less successful than other ways we've done things in the past? Well, I, I, I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the big barometer is what's going to happen to the economy during the year. Is it going to expand? Uh, you know, it, it, I, I think it's going to be pretty easy to tell whether or not this is successful or not, um, because you got two things going for you at this point. You've got an abatement of the COVID and you've got this bill all hitting about the same time. So I'd kind of be surprised if the economy didn't really start heating up this summer. Yeah. If it doesn't, I, I actually, I'd be kind of shocked. <laughs> well, I think everybody's uh, exuding a bit of confidence here, but you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens when this money starts hitting people's bank accounts on a regular basis and, and wow. how this, you know, yeah, exactly. Mine's, mine's still uh, in flux. I, I don't know why they, they can't really figure out what's going on with mine, but Hey, it'll get there eventually. Right. Uh, but John Harrington, Hey, good to talk to you. We'll have hey, you back on occasion to, to talk about things, especially as, as tax time uh, looms for a lot of folks. It's always nice to have somebody that knows these things to join us and help us through the process every once in a while. So it's good to talk to you, sir. Hey, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. John Harrington is an attorney in private practice up in Brighton. We appreciate him being on the program today to fill us in on some pretty important stuff uh, that we'll be paying attention to as it rolls out. Like I said, before we ended this thing, I'm going to be really intrigued to see the impact of all this cash getting into the hands of people that need it and what that means for the economy and, and how quickly it rebounds uh, from this COVID dip. And uh, also, uh, pretty excited that, uh, you know, eligibility being expanded for, for COVID vaccinations soon. Uh, you know, I'm going to be eligible just in a few days, which I'm excited about, and hopefully we'll get an appointment pretty quickly. And I hope everybody else does as well. I know there's a lot of discussion about this vaccine, but um, a number of people have taken it. There are some, of course, anecdotal stories about uh, some people who maybe have not reacted well to the to the vaccine. But, you know, there's millions and millions of people who have taken this and taken it successfully. And it's going to have a huge, huge impact on how quickly we can get back to doing the things we all love to do. So hopefully... Hopefully, I get my vaccine pretty quickly. I'll let you know when I do. Um, but like I said, I'm waiting my turn. Anyway, give me a call or shoot me an email, whatever. Social media, find me on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also send me an email. Show at gmail.com is the best way to do it. Let me know some things that you'd like to hear about. And let me know what you think about the stuff that I'm doing right now. Don't forget, coming up on Fridays, it is the week that was. My weekly panel discussion about all the things happening in the news. I like to think of it as meet the press, but uh, a little bit more fun. And, of course, we focus on some local issues as well since we are here in the city of Detroit. But um, anyway, lots of good stuff that's going to be coming up on this week's program. 
Uh, my friend John Rutherford is going to join me from the Motor City Horns, also uh, one of the owners of the Caju Cafe. He might have something to say about some of the stimulus package that's out there. Should be interesting to get his perspective on how he's been dealing with COVID for his small business. So we'll talk about all that and a whole lot more on Friday. Another conversation I'm excited about, Karen McDonald is the new Oakland County prosecutor. I'm going to be talking with her this week as well. So make sure that you check that one out. A lot of changes taking place in that office. As we're seeing in a number of prosecutors' offices around the country, uh, criminal justice reform top of mind for a lot of these new office holders. And we'll see what's going on in Oakland County. All right, thanks, everybody. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Looking for the latest news and information about our great city of Detroit? Head to DeadlineDetroit.com for one-stop shopping for the most important stories of the day. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in town, providing original reporting, videos, and podcasts that keep you in the know about everything happening in Detroit. Become a member today, and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing for prizes, including gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Go to DeadlineDetroit.com membership.